The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Lordy Lordy Look Who's 40 episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 774, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Coat Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T, coffee.com. Well, what can we say? They are the hottest, blackest, most metal coffee you're going to find. They've always got cool stuff going on. If you like coffee, if you remotely like coffee, this is the place for you. If you love coffee, if you are, you know, the coffee snob that walks past the Folgers in the grocery aisle. I can't wake up even with Folgers in my cup. I must have something fancier. This is absolutely the place for you because these guys take coffee seriously. It's not some giant marketing campaign at a million dollar corporation. This is just a dude that loves coffee supporting his family. So true call coffee, T R V E K V L T coffee.com. Get out there today, subscribe and you never run out of coffee. Check out the different, you know, great, just various roasts. They have, there's all sorts of specials. Don't miss it. All right, Snowy, what's going on with you, buddy? Well, with me, normally I would have uh, my true Cavalt coffee going on because I would have had another piss-ass Monday at work and I'd be sore and tired and just can't wait to get home to sit down and do this with you and I would need a nice, big, strong cup of coffee to aid in that but um no no i don't need to do that right now i'm kind of this is sort of my saturday night okay i don't have any coffee going but i got the i got the thunderballs here going and uh i'm ready to rock and roll because um it's a holiday up here okay and i didn't know until just earlier today when you and I were kind of bouncing back and forth in messenger and all that it's a holiday down there too as we speak it is it's it's combined celebration of president george washington and president lincoln's birthdays they're like about a week apart 
So they kind of split the difference, and we celebrate President's Day. Oh, okay. And just quick aside here. Um, I feel like if you and I ever start a band, your stage name should be Thunderballs. <laughs> I'll take it. I think that's I'll fantastic. Take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that sounds, sounds, sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, I get a lot of people like, what? What? No, no, Jack? What's, what, what's wrong? And it's like, ah, oh, you know, I've kind of, I've kind of taken to this. But when I when I'm at gigs and all that, and I want to drink, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll order a Jack and a club soda. That's always a uh, good time. Uh, we're going to have a hell of an episode here going on. Um, we got a wicked discussion. Um, I got a lot in my metal fix that. I want to get to, but before we kind of get to that, got a little bit of uh, house cleaning going on. First and foremost, we want to say hello and horns up to our former co-host, Mr. Rock Valiancourt. Um, he recently announced, got a hold of us and said, hey, this is something really cool you guys are going to want to check out. The um, the author of the new book, Beyond the Black, the story of Metal Church, that book is going to feature some quotes from uh, one of Mr. Rock's cup. We's interviewed Metal Church a couple times yeah. during his his stay with this show. In and this case, wanted, it was particularly the quotes. album Autopsy. That book uh, ah, okay. Right on, right. Yeah, I, I kind of figured because that was, you know, Med, Metal Church was one of his uh, favorite bands. And the album Autopsy is, is a special episode that he always really enjoyed and really dug his uh, claws and teeth into it. So that's absolutely fantastic, pal. I love it um, when little things like this from the show you know, kind of branch out. We've been judges for the uh, Juno Awards up here in Canada, and we've had um, we've had part of my interview uh, interview with uh, Grindcore Band being uh, immortalized forever on the band's seven inch release as an intro and all that. So, yeah, it's really cool to hear that. Um, you know, this is this 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 is what we like to see and hear. It shows that you know there's someone out there that are listening and really enjoying what they hear. So that's absolutely yeah. fantastic. And the author yeah. is James R. Beach. And once again, right. that book is um, Beyond the Black: The Story of Metal Church. And James emailed us two years ago. I never responded. I suck, James. I'm sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> um, I apparently, I was, I was telling Snowy off air, everybody that, um, I guess I'm not reading emails. Like I thought I was because I'm, right. like, I'm like, I don't remember any of these like shit. What have I been doing? So, <laughs> you know, like when you're like, Oh, I'll put that off till next week. Oh, next week, next week. Well, apparently next week was a couple years back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so James, I, I am truly sorry. Um, thank you for still getting a hold of rock. Thanks for getting rock that book because he has put so much work into those album autopsies, um, mm -hmm. man. And like, I was also telling Snowy off air, like we know that this, um, this industry that we enjoy, right. When I say this industry, I mean, our little sub genre here in metal, 
nobody is, you know, um, making Taylor Swift money in this industry, right? No, you know, no. James is not putting out this book expecting to get J.K. Rowling money and now retire. Um, he's doing it because it's a labor of love. We all do this because this is what we love because it's our community and me not reading that email and responding kind of um, delayed the art, you know, and made it harder. And that is unacceptable to me. Uh, so I, I will be doing better in the future. I, I am so sorry, James. <laughs> I, I can't apologize enough because just, man, uh-huh. when, when Rock texts me on Sunday, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And he's like, yeah, you should have heard something. I'm like, oh, shit. So, yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot, James. Great work. We can't wait to, you know, crack oh, it yeah. and take a I read. To I, see it. Yeah. I told um I told Rock, I'm like, well, you know, give me your first thoughts. Like something. He's like, it's like, dude, I'm a slow reader. I'm like, all right, we'll wait. <laughs> you know. But it'll be good. But yeah, yeah. Great work, James. And again, sorry. Oh well. Oh well. If that's the worst thing you did today, that's not so bad. Well, um <laughs> actually, actually. A couple more things before we get going here. Um, okay, we'll start with the negative thing. Uh, today in 1980, today as we speak, we lost one Bon Scott. Oh, it's today the day. It was today, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's too bad. And the funny thing is, just yesterday I was kind of dicking around on my Facebook and I made a status saying... If you don't know each other's favorite ACDC song, are you really in a relationship? That's pretty funny. (laughs) That is. That is. is Because Mrs. Snowy's favorite ACDC song is If You Want Blood, You Got It. And mine is Shoot to Thrill. Nice, dude. Yeah. So so it's just those little things that kind of make the relationship complete. And yeah, today... Uh, kind of a sucked out anniversary, but, but, okay, we're going to improve things here because today is the birthday and basically the guy that created heavy metal, shall we say, it is Tony Iommi's birthday today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hell of a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for all that those two had contributed to the mighty world of heavy metal over the years. Um, So let's kind of get on here with it. Rock and roll, strut and stroll. Um, Tonight, as we speak, the Black Metalers Knoll are back here in Winnipeg. I saw them. When they came here, it's only been about a year since they were last here. Um, I was kind of, you know, I had friends like, hey, dude, like, Noel's back. Are you are you coming out? And it's like, you know what? I honestly don't think I'm going to make it because, well, I'm doing this. See, this is what we kind of have to uh, give up every once in a while for all of our beautiful listeners. And this isn't anything we would rather do, but. We're going to make it up to everyone since I'm not there. The least I could do is drop a track for the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee in our mandatory metal 
segment. How about we uh, go with some Noel, the title track from their latest record, As Spoken.
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, dude, I just poured myself a uh, fresh new drink here in the Mrs. Super Mario Brothers uh, mug with my uh, original 1976 Carrie movie shot glass and i'm ready to rock what's uh what's going on that is a hell of a combination of genres and i mm-hmm. i don't know whether to be like oh somebody's covered in pig's blood or say so uh yeah mm-hmm. yeah you just kind of left me confused there. all right remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about ai Mm-hmm. And I was telling you, you know, if there was ever a time for a new Austrian death machine, this this is the time. Right. Um, there's a new Austrian death machine album coming out. Oh, okay. And I listened to it to the, like the tracks they had out there for teasers right now. It's good, dude. It's good. Like I'm, I'm really excited for this album. Okay, because, right because on. Because that's who, who we need to talk about AI. <clears throat> So, have you played around with AI at all? Like, use ChatGPT or anything like that? Not at all. I don't know. Have we met? Well, <laughs> I, I encourage you to try it because everybody is just jumping on here, loving it. I've talked to people that are paying the subscription for it. And, you know, one guy's like, nah, man, you really need to try it out. So, I did. And I said, hey, I am looking for similar synthesizers to this synthesizer software versions of them. And in seconds, it spit out um, like four different ones. I said, great. I said, now of these, which ones have this specific feature? And it said these two. So I got the cheaper of those two. So far, I cannot find that feature in any documentation in anywhere um, or, you know, just anything like that. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, but on the one that I should have should have bought, the one that was more expensive, I found the feature, you know, still not easy, kind of hidden. So so I'm, I'm hoping there's hope. But, you know, I, I've been looking, I've been digging through manuals, I'm try, trying settings, I'm like, I feel like I've hit everything. But at the same time, I'm very new to synthesis. And so I don't know, you know, but it mm-hmm. was super cool. And the really cool thing is when I said thank you to it, it said happy synthesizing, which I found was a nice touch. Um, okay, yeah. But what I find interesting is so then I was doing that and I said, hey, could you build me a workout based on these specific things? Did a nice job. But then I said, hey, Carl Thompson, right? He he was um, the, the bass that Les Claypool played in the 90s, the big six string fretless that was rainbow that it was just everywhere, right? Carl Thompson built that. Um, I have a bass built by Carl Thompson and I wanted to see who were other builders that have worked with Carl that now have their own base companies. Cause I know there's, there's quite a few. Mm-hmm. This is where chat GPT, you know, did, didn't do as well as it's done with previous tasks, but this has also been my same problem with Google and everything else, because all these internet search engines do is just sc- scour archives, right? And so it's looking for keywords and articles and all that sort of stuff. It's just doing it faster than we can. And everything they told me, I'm like, yeah, no, I know about those guys. And they build nothing like what Carl builds. Like some, a couple of these other guys that I'm thinking of that I can't remember the names of build stuff that's like, you know, very 
much more similar design, we'll say. You know, because for 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 the nerds out there, there's you know a couple a couple of the high end builders are are some big names, but the bases don't have the same sort of features I'm looking for. And the big one is the fact that um, a Carl Thompson bass is one of the most perfectly balanced instruments you're ever gonna hold. If you if you've ever held a guitar, especially a bass, they tend to be neck heavy. And if you take your hand off the neck, the neck crashes to the floor, right? That's why okay. every guitarist you see in every picture always has their hand around the guitar somehow leaning on it, leaning it up, holding it up, right? So that doesn't happen. You can right. balance a Carl Thompson bass on a single finger. Hmm. Wow. It is just brilliant woodworking and engineering and it's gorgeous right so it's one of those things where i'm like oh, you know what because it, it started because i and i feel like i've talked about this on here maybe not but i'm getting older playing my the instruments i could play when i was a teen is way harder now that i am you know um 30 years past my teens and so I'm like, I wonder if I could find like like a used car, like get some a shorter one, something. Dude, mm -hmm. those guitars in the used market now, and I mean they were expensive when I got mine. They were nowhere near this, <laughs> but the used market, they're starting at like eleven, twelve grand. Mm. And I love the guitars, but I really didn't think it was that outrageous. You know? Wow. Yeah. And it's just like, well, okay, that's why I'm like, well, let me look at some other builders. Um, cause you know, if, if I'm going to drop some money, I'd, I'd like it to be closer to two, you know, mm -hmm. two, two to four, depending on, on what's going on, especially if I find some used, you know, cause, and, and I understand that prices have increased and all that sort of stuff, but I was still just like, wow. So yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to figure that out, but that's where I, I, I get disappointed with technology because we're just relying on what the most recent and most popular thing was. And I'll give you another example. Back in the 90s, uh, Guitar World Magazine first published Steve Vai's 10-hour workout, right? Sean, um, who works with John at Iron City Rock, Sean and I were in the band Darkwater together. Mm -hmm. um, he had that magazine. He played it all the time, right? Like, that was his thing. That was his warm-up, like, you know, the 10-hour workout. It was Steve Vai's secret thing. So I remember trying to Google it, and I was only getting stuff that was, like, maybe 10 years ago when they republished it. I'm like, no, that's not the one I'm looking for. There's one from the 90s. Like, that's the one I want because there's other stuff in it. And so I post on Facebook and everybody starts coming back like, no, dude, it wasn't made in the 90s. It was made this year. And because they're all reading Google, I'm like, yes, I understand what Google says. You're all wrong. I was there. You know? <laughs> and finally, Smarter Sean comes yes. through and he's like, dude, I got it. It's this one. Send me a picture. I'm like, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. You know? And then when I got it, I posted people like, Oh wow, really? Google doesn't know. Yes, I know. Google doesn't know. And, and the, we've gotten to this point where we blindly trust this technology because it's been so accurate in the past, right? Because early experiences were so accurate at, that you just tend to trust it. You don't, you don't question the answers anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I feel like that's how that's how that's how corruption starts on any level. Right. Like think, think about 
um, like early governments. Early governments that suck get overthrown pretty fast, mm-hmm. right? But you have to do a lot of really good things to get the people to trust you before you can start to do a lot of shitty things um, and have people still blindly trust you, right? And so I just, I don't know. I, I find that interesting, and that just has, has me thinking where I ChatGPT was cool. It was great to do research that fast, and I want to I want to try a few other things, but kind of make it specific to things where I already know the answer, just to test it. Um, All right. Because we actually asked it to like you know give some great baselines, and it brought back um, Stevie Wonder's uh, "I Ain't Superstitious," uh-huh. and uh, and I wasn't running the thing at that time. I said, "No, that's the clavinet line," and so the guy replied, "He's like, well, no, that's not the baseline. That's the clavinet line." He's like, "Oh, yes, you're right. That is the clavinet line." I'm like, "Okay, that's kind of weird, and interesting." Um, you know, like, so are people misfeeding information? Like, where's this coming from? So I don't know. It's no, it's no Jarvis, you know? Of course. I get the reference. I was hoping, I was hoping you get the reference. (laughs) I was hoping you get the reference. All right. So I've been watching Paramount Plus since I have it. Um, you know, and I, I canceled it already because there's, there's nothing that's really keeping me there. Dude, have you heard of a story called, or I'm sorry, a series called I Want to Rock? No, but I feel like I should. It is a documentary, four series documentary on hair metal. And it basically follows uh, the lead singer, Vixen, uh, Kip Winger, and John Karabi. And there might be one other person through the 80s. Okay. Right. And, you know, they're obviously talking to him to now. The lead singer, Vixen, I apologize. I cannot remember her name. Janet, Janet Thank Gardner. You. Thank you. So, do you know what she does today? What her profession is? Ah, uh, 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 shit. Uh, I remember VH1 had like a one of those band reunion type. Like that was a show. Oh crap! She's a dog groomer, isn't she? No. Okay, well, I don't know. She or, is the, the real bear? life Doctor Teeth. She's a dentist. Oh, okay. I knew it was some sort of profession like you know she's the real life dr teeth i (laughs) thought that was the funniest thing in the world I'm like holy shit she's a dentist (laughs) imagine that like i would be going my teeth okay if janet gardner was my my dentist and probably chances are like 95 percent of her customers like has no idea oh she was saying that yeah yeah they yeah they have like they they don't know and they probably don't care like they're just old men or whatever that just never picked up a rock and roll record in their lifetime but i know for myself my teeth would be perfect Oh, dude! Because I would I'd be, be like six the- months. How about every three months? <laughs> how about sure? every yeah. Like, sure? Man, how about one, once a month, Janet? Let's just hang yeah. out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm a Vixen fan going back. Yeah. You know, in in into the '80s and all that, and yeah. Yeah. Well, right on. I want to rock. Okay. I yeah. I feel like I should. Oh, dude. I should know so that. So good. It was fantastic. It was like that base series I talked about last week where like four episodes, it's over. I'm like, oh, come on. There's there's got to be more to tell. And okay. The biggest thing I learned through that is I owe Kip Winger a written letter of apology. Okay. Um, Do you, I mean, you know, I'm sure we all know that Beavis and Butthead killed Winger, but 
do you understand the hardship that man suffered? Um, like personally or professionally? Yes. Okay. All of the above. So <laughs> here's the quick synopsis. I, you know, I think I'd only learned fairly recently that he played bass for Alice Cooper, right? And I think that might have actually been for you. Oh, that was a while ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he was a – he was like a first call, you know, studio bassist and backup vocal guy um, that producers had on call. He was constantly writing stuff, trying to get demos out there to the point where a lot of the record execs were like, don't play me another fucking Kip Winger demo. You know, and that they would literally say that, right? So, you know, he gets that, uh, and um, he finally gets Red Beach. They get that album together. People are like, holy shit, this is great. So Winger kicks off, right? And this is towards the end of the 80s. And he's like, so what happens? I become a teen heartthrob. He's like, nobody is already taking me seriously. I become the poster child in all these teen magazines. And I, as soon as they flash all the pictures, I'm like, oh, I remember all of those on, on the walls of all the girls I knew. Mm-hmm. You know, there are always these shirtless Kip Winger pictures. I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. You know, and I know I didn't take him seriously. I didn't take him seriously to begin with. And then that I'm like, oh, whatever. So none of his other fellow musicians were taking him seriously because of it. And then, you know, they're, they're still getting success. They're doing well. The Beavis and Butthead thing happens. He said, you know, he said it's like a switch. The next day, nothing. Wow. Nobody want anything to do with this. He's like, so what am I going to do? I'm just going to go back to the studio, start writing. What happens next? His wife gets into a car accident and dies. Mm-hmm. Hey, dude, it's just one thing after another. I'm just like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. I know I was one of those guys that wrote you off. I feel like I need to send him like a Christmas card or something. Wow. Like, like it was terrible. I mean, and thankfully the story has a great happy ending, you know, and where, you know, he, he's doing things that I think he never imagined himself doing, but just, I, I have so much more respect for Kip Winger than I've ever had in my life. And I should have respected him the entire time. And Kip, I am sorry. This is the uh-huh. apology episode here. <laughs> it seems that way. His, yeah. his story, everything you said. Okay. Okay. I'm sure yeah. it's going to make for a great episode. This is full-on, full-length documentary material. Oh my God! Yes, his yeah. story, like his, his, um, his rise to fame and his fall, and like every, it, every, everything in between. Like that would make, that would make one hell of a story. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I don't know. We just might have to. Uh, you know, break down, get Paramount Plus because they also there's there's another series on there, um, the Rise of the Pink Ladies. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Well, it's yeah, it's it's right, a series. Yeah, it's a Grease prequel. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah, yeah. So when I saw when I saw a trailer for that, I'm like, okay, Paramount Plus, oh, motherfucker. Like, yeah, you want me to subscribe to another channel? Yeah, I, it's. Dude, I am so over fifty thousand streaming channels. Yeah, yeah. You maybe know? I'll just maybe maybe I'll just download it, pay for the first month, binge everything that I possibly can, and then get get out. You know, I, and I'm sure there's people who are like, "Oh, that's terrible." I'm like, listen, if we pay for it for a month, we're paying for it for a month. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can't even begin to tell you how many I'm probably I probably have paid for before I cancel them where I didn't use them for months. So right. it balances out. But at the same time, like 
all the content is so far apart and splintered now. Like you, right? It, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, okay, well, if I keep this one, well, this series isn't coming back till next year, if at all. Well, what am I paying for if that's the only thing I'm watching? And that that and that's been Paramount Plus for me. Like I I mainly got it because of the Team Wolf stuff. Right. Um, and then what was it? Wolfpack, which I don't know if a second season of Wolfpack's been announced yet, but there's a Knuckles series coming out, you know, for the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. And so I told my son, I'm like, well, we'll, we'll resubscribe then because we, nobody else is watching it. You know, it just, it makes no sense to pay for this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because everybody bitched about cable. There are all these channels and nothing to watch. Well, that's almost what streaming has split itself into. You know, in the early days when it was just Netflix and Prime, you could watch anything you wanted. Mm -hmm. Anytime you wanted. Yeah, it was fresh. It was new. It was exciting. Yeah. Now it's a nightmare. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, and this falls firmly in, you know, we always have our joke. Oh, we all knew. We just didn't tell you. (laughs) I am pretty sure this is actually the case for this one. Okay. Also on Paramount Plus, I was watching a documentary on the album Thriller. Hmm. Right? And, you know, amazing album. Just so so many wonderful things about that album. It, it just, it blew me away. The story of why Michael Jackson worked so hard on an album and just everything. Fantastic story. But during this, they're talking about the making of the video Thriller. Which I do remember, you know, seeing. I remember being a big deal. It was, it was. Nobody had done a video even remotely close to the Thriller video, right? Like not right. Even remotely at that time. Yeah. How come I was only like last week or so years old when I found out it was fucking John Landis and Rick Baker? Oh, doing the effects and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, See, for sure. You knew. You didn't tell me. <laughs> Just didn't tell you. Yeah. I, I'm like, you know. what? Because and it, because he had gone to see American World in London and loved it. And he just said, he's like, well, let's get those guys to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and the best part is like John's um, sitting there, you know, they're interviewing him. And he's like, Michael, look, little Michael wants me to do a video, you know? <laughs> And and it was just it was great, just all the stuff they talked about, and I'm like, oh my god, that's why it was so good. It was Rick Baker, like yeah. Rick Baker did the effects, John Landis directed it. Like, no wonder that was amazing. I mean, w- when you say he pulled out all the stops for this record, he pulled out all the stops for this mm-hmm. record. You know, it was absolutely amazing. I had absolutely no clue. That it was John Landis and Rick Baker, dude. Well, you had to read Fangoria or Gorezone when you were in your teens. Right. And we've have. already talked about how fucking hard it was for me to find that stuff. Uh, true enough. True enough. You know, and, and plus when that album came out, I was eight. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I was young. But anyway, you know. All right. So, um, last two things. This one's a quick one. Primus, Sailing the Seas of Cheese. Because, you know, I told you I've been on my, my Primus kick after watching the Getty Lee thing. Right. What a great record, dude. Right on. It has been a long it time is, yeah. since I listened to that record. And just Yeah. Wow. I've, I've got it down on cassette in the snowy vaults. It's probably literally been decades since I heard it. Maybe it's time to pull it out. 
yeah, you, you definitely need to pull it out, dude. It's, it's phenomenal. All right. Last thing. Back in December, I ordered a um, an effects pedal from Idiot Box Effects. And if, if nobody on this show is familiar with them, you need to get familiar because not only do they do cool things, like as far as with graphics and stuff like that, just cool sounds. These are intense sounds. These aren't corporate polished sounds. These aren't the, well, I'm going for this studio Nashville sound. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. What I am saying is this is the, dude, what if the fucking speakers exploded when I hit this chord sound? That's the sound that this guy gets. He does these just crazy intense things, right? And he's actually mm-hmm. done a collaboration with Landfill. Um, I can't remember what, what the, what, what it was a base distortion, but land, Landfill of uh, Municipal Waste. Mm-hmm. And um, so he put a, he, he put out in December, you could pre-order this. Well, actually, it may have started in October. He, he announced it. But you could pre-order this uh, effect called the Monster Fuzz. I bought it just for the art. The art is by Dirty Dottie. And it's classic universal-looking monsters, but basically like they're the Ramones playing guitars and stuff. The art's fantastic on it. Um, I also managed to get the matching T-shirt from Dirty Dottie as well. Um, and then the dude, it glows in the dark. It's got all light up green knobs. Like this thing is so flipping cool. And just every bit of the aesthetic is amazing visually. Mm-hmm. And then you push the button and it's like, holy <laughs> shit. Oh, it dude, I play with every button, every knob, every switch, whatever I could get my hands on. And I'm like, and everything I turn, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is cool. Oh, this is cool. Just It just got better and cooler. Like, man. So, Idiot Box <laughs> Effects, guys, they, they have no affiliation with this show. Um, but Snowy and I have, have talked quite a few times off air that we're just going to plug shit we like. Oh, yeah. We, we don't give a fuck, you know, you yeah. know, about the advertising dollars, things like that. We said before that we do this as labor of love. Idiot box effects, man. Th- this is also not a giant conglomerate. This is a dude building effects in his garage in Texas. Nice. And nice. It's great stuff, man. It's is I like I, I have a couple. I have at least three now. Cause I know I have a couple of his different tremolo style pedals, like stutter pedals. I have the one that's a momentary called the Flash, um, which is super fun for me. And then there's another one. I think it's the Mad Doctor. I think that's the other one. Nice, I like that. That's Dude, great. Yeah, you, you need to, you need to need to check check this the, the these guys out. This you you dig all the art like they do they do a pedal. So there's there's a pedal that's that everybody has been buzzing about for probably like the last close to a decade now. I never heard of it until the last decade. It's called the Claude Centaur. And so it's got an image oh. of a centaur on it. <laughs> okay. And, you know, and, and this, this was, I don't know when it was originally made, but like um, original clones are in the thousands of dollars because these things are so rare. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And the flippability of these pedals is is insane because the guy started doing a new run that's not, you know, as handmade as the old run, but they're called KTR. And when those come out, people order them and then they flip those immediately and get crazy money for them, right? Uh-huh. So you've had independent builders making their own clones of these because you can't get the originals. The originals are through the roof. So people are doing their own take on the circuit. So this guy has our sense of humor. Because remember, it's called the centaur pedal. So it's half man, half horse, right? Mm-hmm. His version is called the Hanton. Okay. So it's like Han that. Solo on top, Tauntaun uh-huh. on the bottom. I see what he did there. Dude, <laughs> I saw that. And I mean, like, I'd already loved everything he put out before that. I saw that. I'm like, oh, fuck. This is great. It's just so great. So, anyway, that concludes my what's going on this week, my new stuff. Yeah. How about you, dude? Well, first of all, okay, she's a 10, but she also says you need to grow up for liking Star Wars. I mean, does it, is she really still a 10? She's not. She's definitely not. <laughs> so like maybe a six and a half. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely loses points for that. Um, for myself or my metal fix, I've actually, uh, I got quite a bit here. Um, okay. It's the 40th. Not only is it the 40th anniversary of 1984. Four. I've heard that rumor. It is also the 40th anniversary of Polish death metalers Vader. Wow. Yeah, it's been 40 fucking years. And I remember, okay, my our my original co-host on this show is originally from Poland, and I remember he's a he was a big big Vader fan. Okay, even before the so even before their first album the ultimate incantation like i was listening to vader via the original demo morbid reich so when i think about just how long ago like that was now okay it took a couple years like it wasn't until the late 80s you know that that vader really started to put out recorded input or output i should say and um yeah yeah so they're out on tour right now in honor of their 40th anniversary. And just a couple days ago, as we speak, the day after Valentine's Day, okay, they were, they came through Winnipeg. Uh, it was a uh, joint collaboration. And I love it when this happens because I'm a member of the Ninja Cat Productions, okay, but our former co host is Sky. Okay, she's the owner of an awesome venue, the Bulldog Event Center. Well, Ninja Cat brought Vader to play there. So no it's like, way. So, yeah, so it's, it's like the, the merging of my fun worlds, you know? Like, and, and to top it all off, since we didn't do anything, we, didn't, we really didn't do anything Valentine's Day... Okay, um, because this, it was the day after, this show was kind of our Valentine's Day date. 
date night for Mrs. Snowy and I. Yeah. So that, so that means she had to come out to a death metal show. <laughs> oh, jeez. Which this is not, you know, death metal has never really been her thing. She's yeah. listened to a ton of it over the years and has gone to a bunch of shows and all that. But, like, the death metal's never been her thing. Like, the heaviest that she gets into is, like, King Diamond and Annihilator. She really digs those, you know, bands from the heavier side. And some Megadeth, Anthrax, stuff like that, Death Angel. So, yeah... So yeah, I gotta I, I gotta say thank you, babe, so much for for putting up with with me and making my Valentine's Day complete by uh, coming out and checking out the show, which was absolutely fantastic. Vader came through town like years ago, like once, and played the uh, kind of like Western Canada's version of CBGBs called. Uh, the Albert, which I've mentioned many times on the show. So it was it was so cool to see them again. Um, about halfway, no, no, maybe about a third of the way through this, their their headlining set. Okay, we could hear the fire alarm go off. Oh no way! And we're like, oh no, no. Meanwhile, I started the I started their set, you know front stage you know you know so i was taking pictures if you go to our facebook page you should see a variety of pictures from this whole show uh so i started taking you know there taking a couple pics and then i moved back down but the middle of the venue stood beside the soundboard the uh the alarm goes off and it's like oh shit i better go make my way you know, closer to the back of the venue, Mrs. Snowy is sitting at a table right by the merch booth, just in case we have to evacuate. Yeah. You know, I want I, I want her with me, you know. I don't want her to get lost in the, the mass of humanity exiting. But, yeah, the band just persevered. They're like, okay, what's going on with this bullshit? We got to do something about that. And all. They, they just kept playing because word never came down they had to evacuate, you know, and I'm kind of expecting the fire alarm or the fire trucks to show up. Somebody should have showed up, right? It's just odd. But but they didn't. They didn't. I guess, you know, they were able to handle the situation and say, no, no, there's nothing going on. Like, I have no, I don't know. Like, I didn't get a chance to talk to Sky about it the next time because she had a busy night. Oh, I'm sure. Like, a big, big show like that. Like, really, the only time, you know, I... You know, whenever she sees me, she comes running up to me, gives me a big hug, you know. But, you know, she was just busy. She just basically smiled and waved. And, you know, and when I went and ordered a couple drinks, like that was my communication with her all night. So I really don't know. I really don't know what happened. Um, then it went off a second time about a third of the way through the, through their set. I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Like, this is definitely going to be a very memorable show. Okay. But, yeah, everything kind of worked out. And, of course, as the band's done, and as they're saying goodnight and slapping high fives and shaking hands and all that from people in front of the stage, the pre-recorded music is, of course, the Imperial March. That's awesome. I, like, it's got to be. Like, what else? Yeah. You know, they actually, I'm thinking they probably, 
should have played that as they as the show was starting. That would have been pretty cool, actually. You know, yeah, you know, because that's kind of there's so many shows that, you know, as they're coming up on stage and all that, they have the pre-recorded music and 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 all that. That definitely would have worked. The bill was absolutely amazing. Um, Tech Deathster's origin, who we've had Jason from the the singer of the band, we've had him on a, ha- a handful of times, and you know we've played a lot of origin stuff over the years. But the band that was really sell, I, I was going to the show regardless. You know, it's our show. It's up Bulldogs. But the band that was really selling this to me was one of the supports in human condition. Okay. Yeah, now if that if that name doesn't really ring a bell, okay, it's the side project, and they've had a couple albums out. It's a side project of one Terry Butler, who is a current member of Obituary. Okay. That name rings a bell. Oh, Inhuman Condition also <laughs> rings a bell. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like I know this. I just don't know why. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, that's Mr. Butler's. Okay. Um side project and of course he's you know an original member of death he's been in massacre over the years like he's he's the legendary terry butler okay and now this is this this was one of those kind of moments where i'm kind of wishing we were an interview uh show again because i showed up nice and early you know and he was kind of off sitting by himself and i you know i greeted him and and all that and i spoke to him a couple times throughout the evening but i'm kind of kicking myself now where i really in all likelihood all i would have had to do is just come up and say hey you know not only am i going to help you move your gear out you know i also do this radio show and i would like to speak to you and all that and i'm really i really think he would have been down for that but very very like when when I am on the clock, either with Ninja Cat or with Radioactive Metal, I don't really do the fanboy thing, you know, to get pictures and autographs and all right. that. But uh, uh, this time, when the show was over and we're waiting for the gear to be ready to move the stuff out, okay, you know, I, I ended up beside him again. I said, hey, since while we're waiting, can we just get a quick pick and all that? And he was really he was really cool about that. Um, and and as well, I said to him that we are making him an honorary Winnipegger. <laughs> That's OK, awesome, <laughs> he's like, OK, well, why is that? OK, he's a Floridian. OK, OK, he's. But, okay, so he's obviously used to the warm climates. Right. Okay. Well, this dude, okay, not only while he was playing and inside the building, but he was wearing knee-length shorts while he was helping move the gear. Oh, he doesn't know where he's at, does he? (laughs) So, So when I saw him outside in his shorts, knowing where he came from, I said, dude, we're on we're making you an honorary Winnipegger because if you can if you can do this, because their their trailer and their like like their you know like their 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 trailer and bus were about half a block away because of um there was there's there's a bus stop in front of uh 
in in front of bulldogs so they couldn't just leave it there so we had to we had to trudge all this gear and merch and all that through the snow you know about a block away and man oh man you would think it wasn't even cold out and all that just by the way by by the way he was he he was moving gear in his short, <laughs> awesome, his shorts so that's that's absolutely fantastic what a great guy i bought some inhuman condition vinyl right off the guy their latest ep um four songs including their um cover of blue oyster called Godzilla. okay on their latest ep and i grabbed their latest full length their fear sick as well and i had no idea okay when when i like, like i bought I bought the vinyl before the show started. Mrs. Snowy was, you know, was planted at at the table, so I just leave everything with her. Okay, but I'm 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 looking at the back and I see the song Godzilla and I'm like, "Oh man, I hope that's an original." You know. Well, in human condition comes on and yeah, this is a cover of Blue Oyster Cult. Ah, oh, fuck. You know, I wanted it to be original. Maybe we could play it on the show. A Godzilla song for Aaron. Dude, that'd be awesome. Ah, yeah, it absolutely would have been. I will I will recommend though you uh you search out some inhuman condition and uh and check out that version. Like it, it, everything is absolutely fantastic. We'll uh we'll get to a track from that soon enough. Um this past couple Couple days later, I hit the uh, I hit the record shops. Okay, and this kind of goes back to October during the uh, the 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 eh, the Winnipeg Comic Con. Okay, the win the good folks at uh, Planet of Sound here. Okay, Dave, he he had a booth at the con. And he had these two Holy Grail records, the Decline of the Western Civilization soundtrack. Oh, I remember talking about that. An an original press, which I did finally end end up buying. But I couldn't get an expensive record at the con because I'm going to be buying some other stuff and all that. You know, like I got this whole convention center worth worth of boots, booths. I can't. You know, I can't drop too much money on on one record. Another record, though, that he had at the con was an original pressing of the the 1977 Suspiria soundtrack from the Mighty Goblin, which, as you know, a huge, huge fan. Okay, but, you know, a record like this has been kind of unattainable. All right, big, you know, we've had Claudio Simonetti on the show, and yeah, I, I got to remember, I really had to, had to keep my cool interviewing him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like this is like John Williams, you know, of uh, of horror films. Okay, well, at at the Winnipeg Con, Dave had this original pressing of the Suspiria soundtrack, as well, and I'm kind of like. Uh, again, I, I, I can't buy that, but can I at least hold it? <laughs> can, I, can I at least say I had this holy grail of a record in my hand? 
you know, because I was just I was just so stoked to even see it. Well, as it you know, and I was totally expecting like the next person behind me was going to snap this record up. Oh, yeah. You know, I thought for sure at some point at a at a, a pop culture convention, someone is going to buy a record like that. OK. It didn't go. OK. And he put it up on the wall in the shop. OK. And I, I swear he put it up on the wall just to mock me, <laughs> you know, because, because every time I would go in there, I would see that. Suspiria record on the he's like yeah you're mocking me because I I can't justify this expensive record yeah okay well we kind of did some budgeting and we kind of did this and that and um, okay I think I can go grab this record okay last week when I was in Planet of Sound it was up it was it was it was up on the wall. I walk in first thing, okay, 11, 11 a.m. Saturday, and of course, Dave and Kathy, hey, you know, say no, it's so good to see you and all that. How is it going? And I said, I don't know just yet. I look up on the wall, and I don't see it. Oh no! So I said. Uh, I don't think it's going to be very good at all because I came in for that Goblin Suspiria soundtrack that you had right there and it's gone. And he goes, oh, no, we have it. It's just we just moved it over. It's still up on the wall, but in a different spot. I said, oh, okay. in that case, I'm doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you see that record there? That one. <laughs> that one. I just need to touch it again and all that. So, yes, I wish this was a video show because I'm showing, you know, the the computer monitor. I'm showing it to you. It's in my hot little fists here. Yes, I've got the Goblin original Italian pressing, okay? That's awesome, man. On the back, it even says, also available on 8-track. Wow. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Oh, this isn't a re- repressing or something. Like, this is definitely the real deal. So, yeah, I am so stoked. Uh, um, went to uh, Old Gold Vintage Vinyl as well. Shout out to Brent. Okay, but bought some cool stuff there. Oh, while I was at Planet of Sound, though, I was kind of looking at their DVDs. Yeah. And they had a DVD co- copy of Monster Dog. Are you familiar with what Monster Dog is? It's ringing a bell, and I cannot place why. Okay. In the late 80s, okay. Alice Cooper starred in this really really bad yes i've never seen werewolf. it but yes it is it, this movie is the shits okay okay <laughs> and and i said to david kathy it's like oh you got a copy of monster dog and they're like yeah i saw it like, well what is it like we never heard of it until we got this copy in and i explained yeah when i was a teenager i rented it with some buddies and we grabbed a case of beer and you know, we watched this 
really bad movie. I got to have it. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, that's great. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm now an owner of Monster Dog. Uh, I think maybe tonight I'm going to have to uh, slap it on. It'll be part of my metal fix next week. Went over, made my way over to uh, Old Gold Vintage Vinyl. Shout out to my good buddy Brent there. Um, he actually, Thursday, like when he has some new arrivals that he's going to drop, yeah. starting Friday, he had a vinyl copy of The Shining soundtrack. And he can't do any holds or anything like that. You know, on that day. And I totally understand that. I get it. Fine. Uh, well, uh, the plan was Friday after work, okay, we were going to go, because when I got off work, I still had an hour to get there. Mrs. Snowy said, well, here, when I pick you up, let's go straight to the, let's go straight to Brent's there and get you your record. Well, I got a message from from the guy earlier that day and said, sorry, Snowy, but the Shining record went with the first customer today. I'm like, no. Apparently, when I spoke to him the next day, Saturday, okay, when I went in there anyways, just to see what else he had, yeah, he said, apparently what this guy did is he called in late from work, okay, just to go and buy this record. Oh, wow. You have to admire the spirit. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I was bummed. This, like, it's The Shining, excellent soundtrack and all that. To get it on vinyl would have been fantastic. But that cushioned the blow. Like, hearing that story, what that guy did, he deserves it. It oh, went yeah. to a good home. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So... so so good for him. I looked around the shop and um, I picked up a couple of records myself. The last Joan Jett vinyl that we don't have yet was the Bad Reputation album. Okay, now what? Okay, you will. That's the. That was like this the second album in North America, you know, that had Bad Reputation. Um, do 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 you want to touch me her version of wooly bully and all that that was the second joan jett record but it was actually released first before i love rock and roll in england and then once i love rock and roll took 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 off here then america decided hey we better re-release this bad reputation record and all that well i never I never got it until this weekend. As well, I picked up a really cool vinyl copy of uh, Sharp Tooth's Clever Girl. Okay, Sharp Tooth is this really wicked um, hardcore band that has a lot of uh, Riot Girl ideas and sensibilities about it like it's it's a fantastic record we've played it you know a couple of years ago you know in the past but um and they came here as part of the sos festival okay but and i was so ex i was so excited okay we're there we're bringing sharp tooth in and all that 
Ah, no, Snowy, we're going to the Quebec Death Fest that weekend. Ah, son of a bitch. Ah, so, yeah, I ended ended up missing it. I'm assuming someone bought this vinyl at at the festival and... Now it is in is in my my possession, and obviously, okay. Judging by the raptor on the cover, the name of the band is Sharp Tooth. Clever Girl is the name of the record. Yeah, uh, not only do they like hardcore, they, I guess they're big fans of dinosaurs as well. Makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and finally, before we get in to some uh, tunes here actually before we do that i don't normally talk about my comic book hauls unless it was somewhat um relevant to music okay which i picked some up that are and aren't um i'm not a big foo fighters fan okay they they are they're a good band they 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 are what they are but I did see a copy of the new Foo Fighters comic book, like a bio. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think you might be interested in it. Um, me, not so much, but my good buddy Nin- Ninja Cat Jess is a big Foo Fighters fan. So it's like, okay, I better pick this up for her. As well, issue five of um, Dynamite's Alice Cooper series. Basically, it's Alice Cooper versus the devil in a rock off. You know, basically the devil went down to Georgia, but it's, <laughs> it's, the, devil, it's, the, it's the devil versus Alice Cooper as oh, opposed so great. To, as opposed to Johnny. I, sw- I swear that's the inspiration behind this series. Well, issue five is out. I gave it the once over. No spoiler. You definitely need to need to check it out. Um, some non-music ones that I'm just going to quickly mention because number one, it's Valent- it was Valentine's Day, and one of my all-time favorite movies was the original My Bloody Valentine. Okay. Canadian movie shot up here. It's a classic slasher. Okay, it goes back. I think that was 1981. I want to say. Okay. Well, American Mythology Comics Book Company has, and I think it's just going to be a mini-series called The Valentine Bluffs Massacre. Okay, Valentine Bluffs is the town that the original My Bloody Valentine film was based in. Okay. And this series is kind of acting as a sequel to that film, but 40 years later. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. There's so many references to the original series, you know, and some of the characters are relatives from back then and all that. It's it's, it's basically, it's really cool. Um, And finally, I'm a big lover of uh, not only the creep show shutter tv series okay which i'm binging that right now but uh the creep show comic book series oh okay yeah yeah and it's basically the same idea as the uh 
as the TV show, every episode has two short films, you know. Every episode of the comic has two short stories. This episode, though, is one complete story, okay, called Joe Hill's Wolverton Station. It's a full-length, full-comic story about werewolves. With werewolves. Oh, so, dude, yeah, you got to get yeah. to your comic shop and uh, check that out. No spoilers. Let's get on with some tunes here because I've been rambling a lot. I knew I was going to have a lot for the metal fix, so thanks, everyone, for uh, lending me their ear. Um, cool new record across my desk it'll be available march 1st courtesy of the good folks once again at high roller records man where would this show be without high roller you know they just every every you know it's just one banger of an album after another including the new record from the legendary messiah christus hyper cubus i suck okay <laughs> Uh, bought bottom line, new Messiah record. It's awesome. Check it out. This is the title track.
From that aforementioned awesome, a clever girl record that was sharp tooth with fuck you, Donald Trump, and your and your and your new fucking shoes as well. Four hundred dollars. I guess Biden economics aren't doing so bad if you think people can afford four hundred dollar shoes, eh? Not that I'm a big Biden supporter. He can fuck all the way off as well. That Awesome stuff, great band, and before that, the aforementioned In Human Condition, the title track, Panic Prayer, that Vader tour is still going on. If it's coming to your area, don't sleep on it, and don't make... Okay, because like when you have multiple band bills... Yeah, you know, there, 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 there's always that one band that okay, I don't know this band very well, so people step out to have a cigarette and then they start socializing and talking and all that. Don't let Inhuman Condition be your smoke break band <laughs> and all that because yeah, yeah they no, they they put on a hell of a show and it's Terry fucking Butler, man. Like, come on, come on, yeah. So, great stuff, great stuff. As we said, not only is Vader turning 40, but 1984 is turning 40 this year as well. And I thought, yeah, you know what? It'd be kind of a good idea if we kind of gave 1984 the once-over. How well do you remember 1984? Well, it's funny. Because I, I definitely have a very mixed memory of it. And I started looking up the albums that came out. And as I did, I started realizing, I'm like, oh, um, this is about 40 years since I picked up a guitar. Oh, okay. Because uh, um, it, it would have been, I believe it was towards the end of the year. But th this this is the year 
that that all shifted. Mm-hmm. This was actually a pretty big year for me as well because this was kind of the year where I went metal full time. As I've said, you know, many many times on the show, yeah, ACDC, The Runaways, Def Leppard, Slade, fans fans of those bands, but you know, it was with hearing the mighty Venom in 1984, and then I was totally off to the races. What we kind of want to do is we have three three sections when we do these these type of episodes the newly formed bands bands that got together not necessarily recorded anything you know but maybe had their first jam session answered a uh an ad in you know on in a record shop hey uh looking for a new drummer or whatever you know so you, you know how bands start okay so we're going to be looking at bands that formed in 1984, as well um, some of the important albums that kind of dropped in that year, and some of the events as well. And I've got a whole stack of wax for this segment as well. This is definitely going to be very uh, a very music-heavy episode i'm sure you don't mind um so when you think of uh newly formed bands and basically we're doing we're doing our research okay which is basically we're going to wikipedia <clears throat> so if we get something wrong here you know don't 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 pound us you know with emails hey you fucked up you fucked up and all that um <laughs> this is this is kind of where we're going. So I'm going to advise everyone right now just to Google Heavy Metal 1984 Wiki and join us. Newly formed bands. It's like, holy geez, there is some absolute um, absolute legends. Okay, that started in 1984. What do you want to start with? Well, let's see here. I was I was kind of floored um, how many bands that were really important later in life were were newly formed, and bands that just seemed like they've been around forever. Right. Um, that I'm like, wow, this is the year. And I was in middle school, but the one that really jumped off the page at me is Guar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> War is 40 years old. That one in Freely's Comet, because I kind of remember Freely's Comet starting. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, that, that, that debut Freely's Comet album is fantastic. Rock Soldiers yeah. is still one of my favorite songs today. But but just Guar. Like I know. '84. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The, the, the appropriate Hello record. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah, I'll never forget the way I was first introduced to uh, to Guar. It was just a uh, one of the um, one of the clerks at my favorite record shop, Re- Records on Wheels. He had a little TV and a VCR that he had brought in, and he's playing this fucking band with these weird costumes and all this blood. And I'm like, dude, what is this? And he just looks at me and he goes, Gwar! 
<laughs> yeah. Whoa. Jeez, 40 years. Yeah, yeah. I still, yeah, short, shortly after that, I still have my red vinyl original release um, copy of Hello. I still have it. I would, I'd, one of these days, I'm going to go look on Discogs just to see how much that sucker's worth. It's got to be a pretty penny. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. For myself, Annihilator, being a good Canadian boy. Okay. Um, a couple years after that, they would ha hammer out their Phantasmagoria demo. Okay. okay. And that's when I first started, you know, seeing, you know, Annihilator in the demo section and all that. And it's like, okay, really cool really cool 80s thrash out of canada you know you know can't go wrong a couple of years later the um the alice in hell debut record dropped and then it was just it was off to the races for for that band Ab absolutely legendary the a year a year later they would come to uh winnipeg and play the old zoo Okay, for their second record, and you know, Mrs. Snowy and I were there for that, and to this day, we still talk about that night as well. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Atheist as well made made their debut, or yeah, they first got their start. They would take a couple years before their debut record. I think Piece of Time would drop. Oh no! It'd be more. It would be more than a few. It would be like 1990. Like they see, I don't remember demos or anything like that for Atheist, but I definitely remember that record because, like, like the debut record because they were all part of that um, Florida Death sound. Yeah, and, uh, I remember that record. I honestly didn't know that they started in '84 either. Yeah, it was. Yeah, apparently, yeah, neither, neither did I really. Uh, the mighty Celtic Frost, Celtic Frost, whatever, whatever, you know, absolutely legendary. Tom, Tom Warrior. Tom G Warrior. Right. Tom G Warrior, yes. Right after, right after Hellhammer. That's how I discovered Warrior and all that was, was, you know, a couple of years before. No, it was, no, I don't know. Was it, when did, when did Morbid Tales come out? Eighty, pro probably eighty-five, and the Hellhammer EP dropped the year before. And of course, Celtic Frost was—I'm always going to call it Celtic, you know, because I've heard of the Boston Celtics as a sports fan, right? You know, <laughs> so, so yeah. But if you're talking um, about the Druids, it would be the Celts. It, Celtic. Yeah, yeah, it would be. We'll never know. Yeah. No, whatever. Actually, no. Um, I've heard Mr. Warrior refer to the band as Celtic Frost. So, right, right from the horse's mouth. Hey, man, why the long face? Anyways. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. Um, you got something band wise from 1984 here? Well, let's see here. So, I, I called out, um, you know, Guar and Freely. Um, looking through the list here, though, I had no idea Obituary started in 84. Um, or Warrant. Yeah, uh-oh. You know, 
or Primus, really. Like we were just talking about Primus earlier. Right. Like, like just wow, you know. All right. Now, no obituary could have been known as executioner at that time. That was their original moniker. And okay. then they, you know, because there was like 800 executioners, you know, I'm sure around that time. And it's like, okay, if we want to, you know, decipher ourselves from the pack, you know, we better kind of do something, some, some, something different. So, yeah, but I, I didn't think executioner, like with a capital X. Okay. That I didn't think, they went that far back as well. I was kind of surprised myself and with Primus. Okay, because it really, when did um, the first record? Suck on This when, when was their first record. This. And it was a right. live album. And I feel like it was 88, 89. But I didn't, I don't think I heard a thing about them until 90 or 91. Oh, okay. Let me see. Yeah, let me see what yeah. I can find out here real quick. Well, they kind of they they got Primus got my attention because of the connection to Possessed. Oh yeah, yeah, Larry Lalonde. You know, yeah, yeah. That was that was you know that was like okay, this is really good. This is definitely not not Possessed, which is kind of what you want. You know, like why do a side project or whatever that's just going to sound like your original outfit. Just do another record then. Yeah, and, and Suck on This was 1989. So uh, okay. That was, that was the, the first record. What's What's funny is because everybody breaks into studio and live albums, people don't consider it like the first record. I'm like, but it's the first record. Like That's, yeah, that's the record I discovered them with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah it, it, I, I listened to Suck on This, Seize the Cheese, the Brown album, and Pork Soda all last week. God, those albums are great. <laughs> They're so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those are some stuff that I'm going to have to uh, go into the vaults as well. Don't they do a cover of uh, Devil Went Down to George as well? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's something that. I'm going to want to check out as well. Going down the list here for myself, the Mighty Cryptic Slaughter. You know, a couple of years later, they would basically, and along with Napalm Death, and I probably would probably get slack for, flack for this, but I don't care. I'm right. Cryptic Slaughter invented the blast beat. Like I had never heard that type of drumming from a band before once their uh, debut record convicted came out a little while later that was one of those records that my buddy skid and i okay we bought that unheard okay because it, it was the 80s we liked the name of the song we liked the name of the band the we we dug the cover you know and we bought it, we took it to his place, slapped it on the turntable, and we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, this is awesome, but we'd never heard anything like that. And then a couple years later, the Napalm Death debut record, Scum Dropped, had the same type of drumming. And of course, Grindcore, you know, that was, you know, what Sabbath was to metal, 
I swear Napalm Death is to Grindcore. Those those first couple records. So yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe they go that far as well. Um I don't know if the name Detent means anything to you. Nope. As you'll see on the list. That was a really cool uh they really only had one record recognized no authority. And it was just real cool uh, 80s, 80s thrash with the unique, the unique vocals of Don Crosby. Like she had she had her own sound. OK, like when you. OK, when you're pissing around on Facebook and you see that that same old, um, you know, name a band whose vocals was all their own or very distinct and all that. Don Crosby always came uh, came to mind. Unfortunately, Detent didn't last very long. Uh, she formed her own band, Fear of God, shortly after that. Her demons caught up with her, and she passed away much too young from alcohol. Such a shame. Man. And all that. Yeah, it really was. Like, that was an absolute gut punch. And now, all these years later, it's just like, fuck. You know, <laughs> I would have loved, would have loved to have had Don Crosby because I could just sit and talk about that record, you know, like, like forever. Going down a little more here. The first year of uh, San Francisco Bay Area Thrashers uh, Heathen, as well as German Thrashers Halloween. Shortly after this, I think 1985, their self-titled debut EP would drop. And then, you know, their full-length record a year after that with Michael Kiske on vocals. Yeah, that was some really cool stuff. What do you got here? And, you know, what what caught your attention? Well, really, I think that's it for the the new bands. Uh, Okay. Um, Hyrax started. We've, yeah. you know, we've talked. We've talked about Caton and Hyrax many times. I think we recently played some stuff. They're going to be dropping a new record as well. Um, New York hardcore band Ludacris would eventually uh, merge. They would definitely. Tommy Christ would eventually. Okay, after Ludacris kind of went about their business and folded. He immediately started uh, Scatterbrain. I remember that. Yeah, you remember Don't Call Me Dude. <laughs> All that. Yeah. What a character Tommy is. <laughs> you know, that is definitely uh, a guy. Oh, you know, ah, should have had him on the show. Who knows? Who knows? Of course, since, you know, talking about Mr. Terry Butler in 1984, we saw the rise of Massacre as well. Morbid Saint, they put out a new record as well as uh, Messiah just recently, as we heard just now. Um, do you remember the Choir Boys? I do not. The Choir Boys were, um, well, in the... They finally got their break about 1990, and they were kind of like a a uh, a British, you know, a, a British bar band, okay, that had the 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 rock thing down, very Aerosmith, Rolling Stones 
influenced. Um, but uh, over here, though, I guess for copyright purposes from some other band called the Choir Boys with a Q, Q-U-I-R-E, okay. Um, they had to be called the London Choir Boys. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we had their... Uh, we had their we had their debut record, really good stuff, you know. Um, it just, yeah, they never really were very long for uh, for North America because, you know, a long couple of years later the old grunge thing would come along and every attention would shift and all that. I'm pretty sure the Choir Boys did continue uh, on over in Europe. Uh, 1984 saw the uh, the arrival of Sepultura as 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 wow. well. Yeah, yeah. Which that's yeah because their debut record Morbid Visions would come out a couple years later, and that that version okay of Sepultura very differed from the version that put out like Roots. Oh yeah. And then the current version of Sepultura is very different from that, <laughs> from, from that, uh, from, from that era, man, Sepultura has definitely, uh, had a wild ride over the years. And of course the mighty slaughter, the real slaughter, you know, formed and it didn't take long before they pushed out their uh up debut seven incher shut up shut up <laughs> <laughs> Never and of course go. the mighty strapato record which we've played many times on this show any excuse you know i will definitely slap it on very influential record um you uh yeah warrant whiplash zendrix thanatus it just absolutely great year for uh for bands just getting their feet wet let's get into um some of this uh great music that just started uh seeing the light of day in the odd garage here and there let's start with the mighty guar from the Hello Record, this is Guar's theme. Come on, come on, come on. 
Just getting their feet wet in 1984 was the legendary punkers' uniform choice. Dude, why did it take all these years for us to finally get some uniform choice on this show? That was the title track from, I think it was their debut record, Screaming for Change. And before that, a band that we have played more than once. We've had them on in our old Creature Feature segment from their debut record, Horrified, that would come out. Oh, God, I want to say about 87, 88. And it would definitely, to this day, that, that Repulsion record with Slaughter of the Innocent still huge influence among death metal, punk, grind, you name it. You go to a metal show, an underground metal show, you go to a punk show, hardcore, someone's got a horrified patch on. So, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, 1984 is actually was a hell of a year to get into metal. Okay. It was a hell of a year it, for metal music, for it sure. It definitely was. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of surprises in this. Um, what what caught your attention with all this? Man, I don't know where to start, right? I know, I know. Be, because, like, like I said, Kiss's Animalize is where it starts, right? Oh, right. right. That, that's where it starts, but... When you think with just six years later, by 1990, I am, you know, fully into just Anthrax, Slayer, Metallica, like all this other stuff, going all over the place with all this music. And 1984 is also the first Anthrax album. Mm -hmm. That was going to be what I what I kind of uh, mentioned yeah, or it, what, what I was going to. Yeah, because again, here is here is a band that's gone through so many eras, some some key lineup changes, you know, had their share of band drama, and still kept it together and still killing it. Not just live, but they're still creating. They're still making great records. Awesome original music. Yeah. Whether or not fans really, really, you know, they. You know, like their anthrax is never going to have the sales that State of Euphoria had. I mean, that's you know, and they're not, they're never going to have a bigger single than Antisocial or Bring the Noise, their their cover, which I just heard on my local radio stations, uh, their version of Mandatory Metal Friday afternoon. I couldn't believe it. I heard Anthrax's duet with duet, whatever you want to call it, collaboration with Public Enemy for their cover of P.E.'s Bring the Noise. It was fantastic. That is pretty all, fantastic. All work stopped for five minutes. Like when a good rec when a good song like that comes on. Everyone knows don't bug them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And little did we know, just like Kill 'em All, just like Show No Mercy. When we when we picked up Fistful of Metal, okay, and the cover was very very primitive, okay, <laughs> like you could tell this band was young. Oh yeah, dude. Okay, when they first started, and they're loud, loud, mad, and thrashing, really digging what they're doing and all that. 
I never would have guessed like everything that we saw over the years. Cause this is one of those bands right from the beginning that we've been fans of. And like, you, we, we never would have seen, we never saw anthrax coming, shall we say like, right. it just, wow. Yeah. And it's just, it's just so cool that we've had various members of anthrax on the show over the years and that was one hell of a debut, shall we say. Another really cool debut was Armored Saints, March of the Saint. Okay. Yeah. And I, I belong to a Facebook group, okay? A bunch of Facebook groups. And there was one about 80s music, okay? And someone referred to Armored Saint as hair metal, Wow. An awesome hair 80s hair metal. And I'm like, oh, I gotta get off the fucking internet. I weep for humanity. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I don't see where they're calling them hair metal. I mean they did have hair. It's true. They had lots of hair, yes. But having lots of hair. Yes. But having lots of hair and playing metal does not make you a hair metal band. Like this is obviously someone posted something that was just they just kind of remember their idea of metal was, you know, poison, warrant, you know, and they just remembered Armored Saint and kind of lumped them, lump them into that. Uh, going down. There are so many great releases. The debut from the Mighty Bathory. Okay. Wow. I, I picked that up on the new release rack and I slapped it on. It's like, holy shit. Okay, like this is obviously black metal with all the imagery and the song titles and all that. But it didn't sound like Venom. It didn't sound like Possessed. It didn't sound like, uh, you know, I might have actually heard this before Possessed, actually. It, it didn't sound like Merciful Fate. And that is the record, as as influential as Venom and Fate are, that is, Bathory is that band that would go on to uh, influence the 90s black metal scene in Scandinavia as well. Like, we knew we were on to really something special. Uh, black Death. Okay. Um It was the 80s, so you really didn't see a lot of African-American people outside of Caton, Caton DePina from High Racks. There weren't really a lot of, you know, African-Americans in metal. Black Death was a full band, you know, of black guys out of Cleveland. And I remember... uh, seeing an ad for that record in like every magazine and all that but it just i don't know for one reason or another black death just didn't just 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 didn't connect and i don't i don't know i don't think it's just because they're they're black i certainly um i certainly hope that that wasn't the reason but yeah they've gone on to have their cult following though um something else you kind of see as we go along here. Well, yeah. So as we just keep going down, Bon Jovi's first record. Yeah. Right? Yeah. B- believe it or not, it wasn't 
slippery when wet. Well, and that's the crazy thing is like <laughs> this year. Uh, so I was already a Twisted Sister fan, mm-hmm. right? By by this point, I believe. Like I was starting to listen to heavier music, but like I say, Kiss is where I wanted to, you know, pick up a guitar. When I say heavier music, I mean heavier than Chuck Berry, right? Right. So. Kiss is why I picked up a guitar. That's towards the end of the year. But all these albums that came out, like this is what shaped the rest of, you know, the eighties for me. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've ever heard the first Bon Jovi record, but obviously they blew up with slipper and wet. Right. And honestly, I'm a huge fan of New Jersey. I don't think that record gets near enough love. Um, but just looking there, it's like, well, Wow. And then, what was something else here? There, um, like Dio's "The Last in Line" came out. That record, Dawkins' "Tooth and Nail" came out that year. Right. You know, and and "Tooth and Nail," it's funny. So it's like now it feels forever ago, being nineteen eighty four, but in nineteen eighty six, that was only two years ago. Okay. You know, and it's yeah. just funny to think like, oh, like. It really was the in the beginning of the eighties, you know, because when you're a kid, two years is a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, and now, okay, when 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 you're a kid, you can't wait till Christmas gets here. Yeah. Now you're an adult. Halloween, May the Fourth, opening day, because I'm a baseball fan. Record store day, free comic book day. Those days are Christmas to me now, and they don't get here fast enough. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see? Ah, we should probably wait for another episode, but they've uh, we won't go into detail here. But they 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 announced the record store day releases. Yes, I did see. Did you see the last in line album? Okay, I feel like I did see that, but then but. What's terrible is there's something I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. I can't wait to tell Snowy. Now I can't remember because I did not remember. Okay, well the 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 vinyl on this record store day re-release, okay, all of the it's gonna have graphics as the record spins, it moves. Oh, that's cool, dude. Uh, it's it really is the coolest thing. I immediately shared it on my Facebook. I tagged my wife. We're getting this, uh, you know, yesterday. I want this record yesterday. You know, it looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and I remember I bought the last in line. That was the first record that I had. Like, I know Holy Diver and all that, but I didn't get to. I didn't get to deal until this record, and I had actually bought it the same time as um, Stay Hungry. Okay. At, at a Tower Records in San Francisco when we were living in uh, just north in Victoria, BC, Canada. Okay. And we, as a family, we drove down because mom and dad wanted to, you know, go over the Golden Gate Bridge, wanted to see Alcatraz. Mom wanted to see the Ripley's Believe It or Not museum we went to a san francisco giants baseball game oh against the dodgers i was in heaven even though the giants lost you know but yeah yeah and so now one of the great memories of that trip was going to tower records wow because 
I had only heard about it, you know, in like Cream Magazine and all that. So, so yeah, it got to a point where I could only grab a couple, a couple albums and mom, you know, come on, we have to go now. No, no, you go, go ahead. You know, <laughs> and I want to stay here. You know, I'll, I'll pull up a cot, you know, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So yeah, I'll never forget that. Canadian Thrasher's Exciter, okay, who we just had, um, Dan Beeler, the drummer and singer, on the show last year, bucket list moment for me, because that's when it was with the Violence and Force debut record on Megaforce that, um, that I first discovered Exciter and all that, so, yeah, wow, is this really 1984? Uh, just as I keep looking at all these lists, almost every important record that was going to shape me over the next six years <laughs> came out this year. No doubt. No doubt. Me too. Like I'm, I'm going through this list too. And I just, I can't, I can't believe, well, yeah, I can, you know, because, um, you know, as we go a little, further down the line and i'm not i'm not even like it like this this segment alone if we were to really get into the meat and bones and all this this would make an entire episode on itself so oh, yeah. unfortunately yeah i'm gonna have to control myself here because you know like the fast way all fired up was released that year fateful of breaths golden glory that's still a favorite record of mine at the time, I think Dancing on the Edge by Lita Ford was, that was her debut solo record, was it not? Yeah, and I, um, two years later, I believe she would have been in Metal Edge, or maybe even just a year later, she was in Metal Edge as the centerfold with the famous bitch belt buckle. Right, yeah. Yeah, and then a couple years after that, the Lita record, you know, she went through the stratosphere with the Kiss Me Deadly single and and all that. Um the aforementioned Hellhammer EP, that you want to talk about influential, you know, all of your favorite death metal bands, even today, okay, they have the Apocalyptic Raids album and the Bathory album uh, in their, their collection. Um, -da 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 -da. What else we got? New Wave of British Heavy Metal's Holocaust, of course. Iron Maiden's Power Slave. Dude. <laughs> I couldn't believe that was Power Slave because that means that Live After Death is coming next. Uh-huh. And and again, it's like, well, Power Slave sets up what becomes one of my all-time favorite records, period. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, wow. I, I, I really, I, I truly flabbergasted how much great music came out in the same year uh, yeah yeah we're only halfway <laughs> here, i mean here, i mean but... dude really like, like i mean th this is really some great great stuff i mean we're finally getting up to k with kiss and like i said that's that's the that that's the record dude like mm -hmm. that gave us heavens on fire that's why i picked a uh, a guitar like everything changed after that Kiss record, and just so much of the stuff on here, I'm looking, I'm like, wow, dude, 
Ingve's rising force is this year. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, like, that's I he, uh, back, back then, like he was known as this, you know, guitar virtuoso, but no one had really even heard the music. They're, like his reputation had preceded like his actual output. Yeah. You know, at least in the underground. I don't know. I can't speak. I don't it, think he was. really had, because you know. his time in Alcatraz um, got him a lot of props. Mm-hmm. And his solo stuff is where, like, his technicality really shined. Well, um, yeah, that's where we all know him from, mm-hmm. the solo stuff. But, I mean, he's uh, he, he's a volatile Thing there, <laughs> you know. You're unleashing the fury. <laughs> yeah. yeah, interesting uh, fellow. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Judas Priest, Defenders of the Faith. Yep. This night was was 1984. That wow, wow. That was the last. Okay, right after that record came Turbo and Ram It Down, and those records. I was going through. The only phase, okay, that I ever went through, shall we say, is where I went from maybe 1985 to about 1989, maybe 86 to 89, where it was like, it, it, it all had to be brutal underground, you know, thrash, hardcore, punk, you sign to a major label, you're a fucking sellout. You know, I don't know how many times I would throw the word poser around and, and all that. And I just want to slap myself, that version of me. I just want to slap him in the back of the head. You know, like, get your shit together, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I really didn't. In Like, that was, to me, until Painkiller, that was Defenders was like the last great Priest album. Dude, Painkiller. It's, yeah, and then Painkiller came out. Painkiller, yeah, that record came out. Just blew blew both me and my wife away. We were at the record. We were at an HMV, and they were playing it over the PA and all that, and we snapped it up right away. It's like, that's not Priest. You know, that's not the Priest that just released Ram It Down and, and Turbo. Like, this is a whole new band and all that. Yeah. But now, okay, over the years, I've since pulled that stick out of my ass. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, it was getting uncomfortable. And, uh, yeah, Turbo and Ram It Down are great records. Yeah, so can't complain, can't complain. Uh, The debut record from Kick-Ass, Vices. Okay, big, big influence on this show. And the first, Kick-Ass were the first, uh, like, uh, metal hard rock band that I ever saw live because they were the first band on stage supporting Quiet Riot. Wow, dude. During their critical condition, yeah. And right after that, we ran out, bought Vices. You know, to this day, you know, I've since upgraded my cassette to vinyl a couple years ago. And all that. Living Deaths, Vengeance of Hell. Uh, That was uh, a band that just... I I hadn't even heard any of their music, but seeing them on uh, an article in Metal Forces magazine, and it's like, okay, I'm sold. Living Death, Vengeance of Hell, you know, this this band has to be good. Then I heard them on a compilation album, and then I, I was hooked. 
right from the 1984. Wow. Going a little further down. Um, Man of War's Hail to England and Sign of the Hammer came out the same year? Dude. I didn't know it. Uh, Man of War is just one of those bands that they were all over the 80s. Uh-huh. And and they're they're legendary and so underground at the same time. Uh-huh. You know, like just I, I cuz I love them, right? Like I I absolutely <laughs> love Joey DeMaio. Uh-huh. Um Sting of the Bumblebee forever changed me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it's just wow. You know, like yeah, they're, yeah. they're just everywhere, dude. Yeah, I know. Having Ross the Boss on the show was definitely a... Uh, oh, dude, that was a great interview. Oh, oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Merciful Fates Don't Break the Oath. Okay, like, the only way... Okay, because, like, Melissa was Fates' debut full-length. Or they had some EPs and did, and demos, obviously. They had to make a killer album. To follow up Melissa or everyone was just gonna okay well fuck this fate stuff you know and they did what an incredible record from beginning to end that don't break the oath was absolutely fantastic um yeah it's just too bad I don't think uh King Diamond's up for doing any interviews and all that anymore and all that. So, yeah, that was definitely going to be one of my rock and roll regrets. Ride the lightning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that's... Uh, the first four Metallica records is what it's all about for me. You know, particularly the first three, as much as I love uh, And Justice for All, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to go into any detail there because, you know, everything that we've said... Um, Overkill, their EP, self-titled EP that kind of got them uh, going. Bands like Omen and Obsession, they came to my attention through like the Metal Massacre type series and the Bands I Axe compilation, you know. Um, uh, going down the list some more. We recently played the Parasite. EP just kind of on a whim 1984 wow and uh speaking to Ronnie Atkins from the Pretty Maids a couple years back you know their debut record Red Hot and Heavy you know that's that's kind of one of those bands and albums they had more of a mainstream sound but the mainstream didn't want much to do with them but uh like the underground thrash the Merciful Fate fans, I guess because they both hailed from Denmark. But, you know, that that type of 80s metal really embraced the Pretty Maids, that first record. And, of course, the Mighty Pile Driver, Metal Inquisition, the, that debut record, still to this day so influential. And, like as, like, as you recall, we lost Old Piley last week. And when artists pass away, I don't actually, you know, physically cry. 
Okay. Some we've had on the show that I did when they when they pass away. Ah, man, when Gord when when Gord passed away, like it, it, that was a gut punch. That was an absolute gut punch. Uh, condition critical by Quiet Riot. Okay, dude, <laughs> that album changes everything too. Okay, why is that? Well, j- just because I mean, and hang on here. Uh, let me let me just pull this up. But sign of the times, right? Right. We're Mama. We're all crazy now. Stomp your hands, clap your feet, party all night. Mm-hmm. I, this is a great record. It, it was, it was totally, totally underrated. Yeah. But it's, um, and you, you can tell they, it was kind of a formula. Oh, it was absolutely a formula. By the like way. they, they had, um, they released Mama, We're All Crazy Now, the Slade cover. And they said, well, let's see if lightning can strike twice. You know, so they did, uh. Mama, we're all crazy now. Did I say that? Yeah. Well, you said it was yeah. Mama, we're all crazy now. But yeah. It was, it was the first one they did. Was 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 come on, feel the noise. Come on, feel the noise. That's it. Yeah. So they said, okay, let's see if lightning can strike twice. They did. Mama, we're all crazy now. And uh, <laughs> this, I don't know how many times in the metal press, I saw the words platinum failure when it came. Wow. To- Edition critical because that's harsh. It went it went double platinum. You know there was enough people that dug it, myself included. Yeah. Okay. But it's just like it only did two million. It only went double platinum. It only did two million. I know. I know. <laughs> Any band, Taylor Swift doesn't do two million copies of a physical product anymore. Any band today. Would love to do two million, but this was that period, yeah, you know, where everyone was, you know, everyone was into record and buying all that, all that they could. You couldn't yeah. keep records on 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 the shelf. Um, eighty four saw the full length debut of Rat as well. Like they had that self titled. EP that they would eventually re-release after Out of the Cellar took off. And to this day, I still crank that album. Yeah. You know, and then as you got into the 90s from the Point Break soundtrack, 1992, Nobody Rides for Free. Yeah. That song is easily in my top 10 of any artist of all, of all. So yeah, still kind of a rat fan. Ravens live at the Inferno. I remember I was so stoked. Double double album. Okay, when I saw that, I I just snapped it up. Yeah, I got home and I just just cranked the hell out of that fucker. Live Raven. Oh, absolutely amazing. Uh, this record saw or this year saw the um. As we go a little bit further, uh, Razor, their first EP, Armed and Dangerous. Uh, we knew, we knew. Okay, R- Razor was going to be something else as well, and they definitely haven't disappointed. Um, you got something else? Like I feel like I'm monopolizing well, things. So, j- just to like 
again, it's just crazy, right? So, like, the first overkill record mm-hmm. was on here. We you know talking about conditional condition critical, but just I, I just feel like there's so many, so much that I just didn't realize was even in the same year, right? I know, I know. It's 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 hard. It's hard. I know. Like, like Twisted Sisters, stay hungry. Mm-hmm. Like that. That album was huge to me, and then also Van Halen's 1984. <laughs> Definitely, yes. Appropriate, appropriately named. Yeah. I mean, when when you look at what was going on in the in the record industry at this time, the majority of the bands in this list, and I mean, there's a shit ton of records. I mean, yeah. For anyone who wants to look at the Wikipedia page, I don't know if we had this many records. Um for metal like the last five years combined okay yeah at least for influential records yeah well just period like even even number of releases like look at the number of releases for starters Mm -hmm. but then the quality of the releases like these guys were all just top of their game (laughs) right at least it was over the top Mm -hmm. and this this was when my fandom for a lot of bands that we're talking about was at my peak, you know, with with Metallica, okay, um, with with a number of these, including Slayer. In one year, the the legendary Haunting the Chapel EP, and then they followed that shortly up with the Live Undead EP, and that's like, you know, gift. Yeah, give me more Slayer because you know I was absolutely blown away by Show No Mercy. Yeah, you know, so it's just like, and I that's when I discovered Slayer with that record. Bands I put here in Canada put that record out, and then in short order those EPs as well. So it's just like boom, boom, boom. It's like they said, "You like Slayer? Well, here, take this right. fucker." And then a little while later, Hell Awaits came out. <laughs> Oh, like, ah. ah, I gotta buy uh, the guys from uh, Banzai back then. I gotta buy him a beer someday, you know, just 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 kind of as a thank you. Um, I remember run the Running Wild debut, a very different Running Wild than we know today, with the whole pirate gimmick and the un- under Jolly Roger and kind of a power metal. You know, but they were one of those bands, like they had a kind of a straight up metal sound, but they had a lot of satanic uh, songs and imagery and all that, like the Gates to Purgatory. That was that that was the record. And I remember when I brought it home, and my grandparents were visiting. Okay, well, okay, how how do I get this record in without my my grandparents wanting to see the whoa what what did you buy you know thinking i bought a new elvis record or something because it's not like they were had a big handle on today's music or at least music at that time so i immediately just hi ran downstairs you know tried to put it away sure enough my grandmother comes down oh show me what you bought (sighs) 
no, I don't want to show her this because, you know, ah, so I reluctantly show it to her and she's, she's looking at the, 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 the name of the album. She flips it over and she's one of the songs was even just called Satan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is what I mean. That black metal had, didn't have that one definitive sound. Right. Okay. Well, after, and she was reading some of these song titles out and all that. After, you know, as she got about halfway through, she just put the record down without saying anything and just walked out of my bedroom. And I was no. just like, oh, I felt like such a heel because I disappointed my grandmother. You know, and I'm sure she went upstairs and said to my mom, did you see what he bought, what he bought? And my mom probably said, yeah, I know, he buys some ribald stuff, but don't worry about it, mom, it's okay. You know, because it never came up again. And next, when I saw my grandmother, when I came out of my bedroom a little while later, she never said thing one, mom never said anything. So, but still, like at that moment... You know, like my heart just dropped. I disappointed oh, I, I disappointed my grandmother, but I wasn't trying, you know. I'm just being me. Well, it, it's funny to me, like, you know, you're disappointing your grandmother. Mine was buying me Ride the Lightning. <laughs> yeah, she probably would have dug that, though. But I guess it was just the satanic, you know, it was the satanic imagery and songs and all that. Uh, let's get on with some tunes here. So we'll just quickly well, go. Hang on. Oh, there, oh, there's oh. one, one more thing. The first Wasp record. Oh yes. Right. And yeah. I, th I think, yeah, no, this is it. This is the first Wasp record, right? Yeah. No, because fuck like a beast is on here. It, it wasn't. Um, that it was originally released as a single. Oh, okay. And but then when like they they released it themselves, I would okay. love to get a DIY copy of the the original seven inch fuck like a beast animal. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, because of you know because of the f word. I know I had that on something. Mm hmm. Hmm. Well, um, you know because it had the f word on yeah. it. Capital wouldn't touch that song, okay, when it came time to put the debut full-length album out. A couple of years later, though, Banzai would release a 12-inch single of that song, of, of Animal, Fuck Like a Beast. A couple of years later, Music for Nations in England would do the same thing. And I made sure, okay, I bought the Banzai or I bought the Banzai 12-inch single. When I saw the package, okay, that that under one flag. No. No, was it music? Oh shit. I'm getting old here. I can't remember. Was it Music for Nations or Under One Flag? I think it was Music for Nations. Dude, okay. You're asking the wrong guy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I've I've had a few by now. And we're talking 40 fucking years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think Music for Nations. They they put out a... Uh, it, it came with a poster as well. And just 
a bizarre comedy song about getting fucked up on drugs on the B-side. The poster, okay, was this woman with this Doberman humping her leg. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that fucked like a beast, you know? So it's like, okay, yeah, I already have the band's eye version, which the cover was just an up close of the, uh, the, uh, saw blade crotch. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I had to shell out, you know, for both of these, I think the poster is long gone, but I still have both, both, uh, both, both 12 inches of that song. And what a great record. The first wasp album. It is a great record. That's what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be somebody and love machine. Oh, I love those songs. Just great great tunes but this is it 1984 this album comes out they put out the fuck like a beast and this starts the pmrc right oh it's definitely yeah it's right one of the you, filthy you realize 15, right? we are we are like john connor in the future sending somebody back to be like no we've got to stop the pmrc <laughs> You know, like, like I feel like we're in an episode, like, like a, ter- a Terminator movie here, because like, oh, in mm-hmm. 1984, like, I, I, I just, I'm still just staggered by <laughs> just all this music that went on to be the soundtrack for the next six years. <laughs> it's just insane, dude. Dude, even White Snake slotted in. What a great record. Oh. oh, definitely. I still crank that today. Yeah. All right. And, oh, and we can sure. we let this go because I know we're going long here. Yeah. It's just the amount yeah. of music is just staggering. It, it absolutely is. I just want to give a shout out, though, to uh, Ronnie Cook from Thrust because we've had him on the show. And I communicate with him a lot on uh, Facebook. Their Fist Held High record is still a favorite as well as uh witch cross the fit for fight album um night flight to tokyo still one of my all favorite time favorite songs having witch cross on the show was just an absolutely amazing experience as well so yeah we need to get on to uh, some music here um bah, 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 bah. the aforementioned living death the uh, their debut record, Vengeance of Hell. This is Hell Pike.
Here's an era from the, uh, okay, Corrosion of Conformity, you know, were one of the spearheaders of, uh, of the whole crossover scene, but it's the animosity record that everyone really, you know, goes to. But before that, okay, was their debut Eye for an Eye, and on that record had a very different version of positive outlook that appeared on the animosity record. So dude, like I, I had to drop that just so everyone yeah. that's not familiar with eye for an eye, you know, can kind of mix and match, compare and contrast the, uh, the two versions. And before that, um, one of your all time favorite bands, black flag, I know we haven't really been talking very much punk about 1984, but their Slip It In album dropped in 1984. I was just listening to that record the other day. Ah, then you were listening to Black Coffee. Oh, yes. Yes, I was. Yes. 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 Well, that was Black Flags, a Black Coffee. Before that, uh, great stuff. Um. Looking at the clock on the wall here, we are going into extra innings, which yeah. I'm kind of good with that because next weekend, I'm so excited, the uh, Major League Grapefruit League starts. So I'm going to watch my first uh, Toronto Blue Jays Rock game on. next weekend. Yeah, yeah, since they were eliminated from the playoffs last season. So uh, looking forward to that. But before we get... To all that, before yeah. we get on out of here, 1984 did have its share of events, shall we say, um, well, you know, the stuff. Kind I'd of... like to interject real quick. Okay. So, today is February 19th as we record this. Yes. 146 years ago, mm-hmm. on February 19th, 1878. Thomas Edison was awarded the patent for the invention of the phonograph. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Really? Like, the whole reason we do this show was invented, you know, well, (laughs) patented 146 years ago today as we're talking. The same day Tony Iommi is born. Uh, What, like, what are the odds? Like, I mean, those are some crazy coincidences. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Holy jeez! Wow! My dad always said, "Never stop learning." Yeah, dude. I, I just I, I saw that. I'm like, oh, what are the odds, man? This is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll be sharing that with uh, with people definitely. I'll never forget. 
when news broke that um, Def Leppard drummer Rick Allen got into the accident and he lost his arm. Dude, right? Holy jeez, that was something else. He lost his left arm in a car accident December 31st. You know, so 1985 was literally, you know, right the next day. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. And we, you know, we little did we know what was going to happen. We kind of thought, okay, Leopard are going to, like, they'll continue on with Alan. They'll get a new drummer and all that. But to their credit, and this is a long, you know, this is a legendary story in, in music now, how he persevered, you know, and continued on, yeah. you know, as a one-armed drummer. And, of course... And, and ha having to relearn it. Yeah. You know, and I imagine, you know, special drum kits to 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 cater to that. Were, were were used all, all of the jokes over the years oh dude the jokes like it's just like really really <laughs> you know here's a guy that just persevered you know in the face of um in 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 the face of adversity you know and made it its bitch you know and like this 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 is the way some people reacted give your head a shake yeah. This year was also the year was the infamous uh, Vince Neil car accident that took Hanoi Rock's drummer Razzle. I was just watching a behind the what? music on Motley Crue before we started the show. And they were oh, just really? got to this part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Once again, we actually thought back then, like, like Neil is done. Maybe oh, yeah. Crew is done. We thought he was going to jail and all that. But you're young and dumb and all that. And, well, famous people don't go to jail. Well, I, no. I think how it's described in Behind the Music is um, they would be able to get more money out of them if they kept them playing in in, in Motley Crue. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like it was, okay. So he could pay back all the money he needed to pay because, you know, the, the other car, I, I think both those people are brain damaged permanently. Like, oh, wow. this was a horrific accident like horrific mm -hmm. right and they're talking about it and and i mean i think he's supposed to go away for seven years and then somebody figured out on paper that well no now there's not gonna be any money so they made him keep playing and get sober all right it's it just man the 80s were really not for the faint of heart no, <laughs> you know, not at all, not at all. Yeah, there are just some things like when a younger person says to me, and I've heard it a lot over the years. Man, what was the '80s like and all that? Yeah, there's just some things I'm not going to tell you. You know, <laughs> we're going to skip the big hair. You know, we're we're there's a lot of things we're going to skip, and uh, yeah, a lot of the Motley Crue debauchery. Yeah, we won't we we won't get into. Uh, but on the more positive note, um, Deep Purple reunited in 1984. Yeah, yeah the uh, Perfect Strangers record. You know, absolute classic today. That was a good way 
to uh, to make your return. And as well, you know, including the soundtrack to this, I know this is you've you know you've well documented that this isn't really your thing. But I've never the, seen the album or seen the, seen the movie rather. Yeah, the this is Spinal Tap mockumentary dropped in the theater, and I it it took many years. Okay, because I I I didn't catch. I don't even know if it was in the theater up here. Okay, but I didn't catch it first run, but just, you know, and then, you know, I get the DVD. I actually saw it on TV a couple times before then. And uh, so, like, I got the movie memorized. It's a favorite, absolute classic. Didn't get a chance to see it in the theater until just, I believe it was just a couple years ago when the Park Theater aired it. You know, and they're like, Snowy, Snowy, we're going to air... This is Spinal Tap. You've probably seen it before, but are you coming out? Aha! Never saw it in the theater. Yes, I will be there. And I was and had a great time. Do we want to get into uh, some more tunes here before we bring this crazy train into the station? As I mentioned, um, this was the year... That uh, the pile driver made his uh, ah, <sighs> because he never really did any shows, okay. But I think like the idea of pile driver, the concept, start first started uh, formulating in 1984, and then a year later, that classic Metal Inquisition record would make it so how about one of my all-time favorite songs the title track from that same record r.i.p piley we miss you this is pile driver
The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Brocast podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Brocast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. Yeah. 
I, I said, I said, okay, dude, I'm gonna have a, a mid full of metal here. Um, that was the Mighty Axe Witch, the title of their record, Visions of the Past. I remember when me and some buddies we bought that record and brought it home and slapped it on. It's like, hey, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. And just then before that, right after that, before that, that was, you know, like I mentioned, The Mighty Thrust. Okay, Fist Held High was the title track of their awesome debut record. And Thrust are still doing it. They're still killing it. That's the great thing about a lot of these bands, you know, like... Yeah, they started all those years ago in the early 80, in the 80s and the early 90s and yeah, while I'm sure they're not stage diving and banging groupies and all that, they're you know, as long as they're still putting out great music and taking it on the road, more and power to them. Tall, don't forget that, that's important. <laughs> that's fine. Drink that's fine. Whatever. That's right. <laughs> Whatever kind of Gets them through the day. Okay. Whew. Sorry, we're going to have to uh, forego tonight's Indie Spotlight, which is too bad because I tapped a band from my original hometown of Ottawa. We'll get to them next week. Um, how can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, radioactivemetal.org, all the episodes past, present, and future. Anywhere you can find a podcast on the internet, you can listen to the show, whether that uh, be the Apple Podcast app or whatever Google uses or Spe Spreaker or Stitcher, wherever we're there, right? Um, right. Check us out at radmetal666 at gmail.com. This past week, I posted a picture of the fuzz pedal I just talked about, the Monster Fuzz, with the Monster creature fuzz. base. Right. Um, and uh, facebook.com slash radmetal. Because, you know, we put stuff there too. You can send us an email, radmetal666 um, at gmail.com. I may not answer it, apparently. <laughs> right, we learned we learned that this episode. Um, but you know, just send us an email. I gotta do better. Yeah, and we gotta just. I've get I've got shit, it. I've shit got back it. Don't together worry. here. You know, oh, part of me. Sorry, that was gross. I apologize for that. <laughs> it's been been a. This is the apology episode for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's about yeah. three now. Yeah. At least, at least, this is the apology episode. But <laughs> that's that's the really the bulk of everything, except for one more fantastic thing. You see, there's this fine group of people, and they are called the Shiny Wizards, and they have a hmm. network. I've heard of them. And we're a part of that network. I love the Shiny Wizards people. They're just like I said, just super fun group of, group of well, just individuals and whatever else. Um, but you know, they've got a whole host of podcasts, wrestling podcasts. They host a Snowy's other show, A Wrestling Night in Canada. Mm -hmm. And it's just a great time. And thanks to them, we're also on Spotify. So there really is no place on the internet you can't find us. Oh, no, for sure. Well, except for maybe sure. a top 10 list. <laughs> you know, well, or file, file under Richard, like top 10 richest podcast hosts. Probably not going to find us there. We won't be there. Yeah, but. 
for uh, top 10 annoying co-hosts. Or, you know, oh, yeah. We'll probably make a few of those lists. But Yeah, top but, 10 podcasts with things you didn't think they were going to talk about tonight. That's us. <laughs> it's definitely us. But top 10 best metal, metal podcast, 17 years running. That's definitely us. To get us on out of here, if you don't mind, I'm going to tap an awesome Canadian band from back in the mid 80s that just uh, i don't know i think they were um they appeared in one of the metal massacre uh volumes but yeah just didn't did didn't catch that illustrious break even within the underground that they probably should have how about the how about the title track from Witch Killers EP Day of the Saxons. Um, that's it. In the meantime and in between time, this has been a Lordy Lordy Look Who's 40 episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off. <laughs>